Thank you for joining me for another episode of I'd Rather Be Dead Than Job Sick. It's only been a few hours since my last post or podcast or episode or whatever you call them. <laughs> um, I just, uh, I want to move on. I mean, not, how do I say this? Like, uh, start a new chapter. Um... With, I need to start writing again. Um, yeah, I. It's crazy because God gave me a lot of visions and and dreams and just things started to come together when Junior and I started hanging out and. I don't know, maybe I spoke too soon and it's just like the enemy knows and is doing whatever he can to keep us apart. And, but the way I look at it is if he's able to do that, then I guess we weren't meant to be together, you know, because... If I'm going to be in a relationship with somebody, I have to be with somebody who's going to fight to the death for us. And if Junior is not willing to do that, then I guess, I don't know. I mean, I know that God could make him into that person. And, you know, I know if you were to go to the Dream Center, I mean, I don't mean if you fixed on that. It's just that I know that, and he said that he knows God wants him to go there. So um, that first step of obedience is like major. And if he doesn't do it, then I might as well planning my life separate from him. And um, because I will just be in this limbo of just (sighs) yeah I can't be in limbo I need to be moving forward because if I'm not moving forward I'm going backwards so um yeah because originally if he went to the dream center I was going to start writing again and with not so much of my past past that I've already written, but more of Skid Row. I don't know. God hasn't really given me like a, a real solid timeline or storyline because I believe that Junior is supposed to be in the book. So right now it's just like, well, what's the sense? So maybe I should just start writing about what, you know, I was taking a shower (laughs) and um, thinking about my friend. Man, picking out names and, and... remembering names to use for certain people is just not easy to do you know 
and like people don't know who I am well some people probably do but but they don't know my friend you know so I'm just gonna use the first names because if when I start explaining everything then you're gonna understand why I had to remember so many names <laughs> it's easier to just use real names um so uh I don't even know where to start well when I was at the dream center I well people if if people from the dream center but I don't tell people from the dream center about this but um they listen to this from they'd have to be from 20 years ago um to know what I was talking about but anyways um I led the prostitute outreach where we would go out on the street at three o'clock in the morning and share Jesus with the prostitutes on the track and the pimps. Well, first, for the first year, we, and I think I've, I feel like I've shared some of this before, but um, we would go, the track is where the girls work they call it a track like a racetrack and they um they're uh the pimps have a stable quote-unquote stable which is where the girl like their girls um you know if they say they got five girls in their stable they've got you know um and then well one pimp friend i had he had like he liked vari- variation, variation, Var- variety, <laughs> variety. Um, you know, one Asian, one black, one white, one Hispanic, one German, or whatever. You know, um, just so if a trick called, you know, he could pick which one he wanted to, you know, give. <laughs> anyway, so um, but. Uh, it's called okay the pimping and prostitution is called the game and they have their own language like uh street lingo um and i won't get really into that um gosh uh but they have like runners they have different kinds of pimps they have you know gorilla pimps which like basically will beat a girl or kidnap a girl and make her turn tricks um and then finesse players that are basically charm you off your out of your socks or (laughs) off your feet um yeah it's there's just a lot of lingo and the girls aren't allowed to look at anybody except their pimp they can't look at any man except for their pimp if they do they make eye contact with them they're called it's called like reckless eyeballing um and they will get beat for that you know discipline um i'm trying to remember all the terms um well okay so i was doing this for 
I don't know, a year and a half, maybe. I don't know. Um, but during the time of doing it is when I met my third husband, Aunt Daryl, and he uh, actually had worked for a pimp. Um, he was a runner. And so when we got together, he knew the game lingo. I didn't know the game lingo because I'd never been in the game. I was... I was a prostitute, but I was more like a call girl. Um, I didn't work the streets, so I didn't know. And my, I didn't have a pimp. I just, um, actually, I, I had a dope dealer that would just, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say I'm a call girl because I didn't work for uh, a, a company or whatever. I, I didn't, I worked, I was what they call a renegade. Like, I did my own thing, except for I had a high-end drug dealer who had, he worked in a, uh, I mean, he lived in a really nice condo downtown, and he had really high-up clients, and so he would set me up, you know. So that's why I say call girl, I don't know, escort, whatever, but I didn't work for a company, like an escort company or whatever but um uh yeah I never worked on the street and he I didn't consider him my pimp he was just like my dope dealer and we were friends he he was yeah anyway so um but Daryl knew all of the lingo of like the different um things that the words that the lingo that they would talk you know, the game lingo. So, you know, it was really good because he taught me like the rules of the game too, not just the lingo, but the rules because the rules were important to know too, because, um, yeah, you don't break some of those rules because the girls can get beat or killed, you know, and I'm trying to remember some of the rules, but I'm so tired right now. <laughs> um, but, okay, so we would go... He didn't actually go out on the track with me for a long time until way after we were married because he just didn't really feel like he was up to that. So me and my friend Cindy, or Cindy, Christy, we used to go out and... Um, and it took a long time before we were able to, God, I mean, like a year, we'd go out every, every Friday night, and we'd try to talk to the girls, or, like, give them roses, um, pray for them, and it was really difficult, they were so scared to, to, to stop and talk to us, because, the runners that work for the pimps, like the pimps who always stay at the donut shop, and they were the ones that looked like Rico Suave, like, you know, they had the, you know, dressed up, and then they had the pimp mobiles, <laughs> like what I call them, like with the, you know, the, the rims and the just nice, I could just tell a pimp, like Cadillac or whatever, um, fixed up. And they would all hang out. And then the runners that worked for them would be the ones that would be chasing after the girls. 
and uh, making sure that they worked, but also breaking them so that, um, like, it was awful. The girls just look, like, so scared, you know, and they're just walking, and then the pimp, I mean, the runner will be like, you know, excuse my language, but like, bitch, you better keep on moving, you cunt, like, just be, like, you know, you're a piece of crap, whatever, just, like, breaking them, just breaking their spirit, just cussing them out, telling them they're worthless, and, and, you know, you better make me my money, blah, 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 you know, and, and just, uh, it's like breaking a horse, you know, you gotta break them down to nothing, and then build them back up the way, what, into what you want them to be, so, um, and there's lots of ways that they did that, you know, Uh, I mean, I've heard some horrific stories, you know, of putting girls in a dog cage, or, uh, uh, one girl, it was actually on, uh, what channel? it was on the new, not the new, it was on one of those like 2020 or I don't even remember what it was, but there was one where a, a girl, she was kidnapped and then she was like stuffed under the bed in a drawer. And then when they broke her, they had like, she got raped by like 30 guys or something. I mean, that's the crap they do. It's just horrific. And, um, and then they would give her dog biscuits. That's what they did to my friend. Or not they, but his pimp, her pimp. But, okay, so... Uh, when we would go out to talk to the girls, they were too scared to really stop and have a conversation or let us really pray for them. If, if they did, it would be really fast. And so... I was starting to get frustrated, even though I loved going out there. That was like my high. That it was just, I mean, especially in the summer, it was rocking and rolling. I mean, there was so many girls and so many pimps and runners just like, I mean, it looked like a party in the street and they would be like chasing the girls and I mean, the Johns would stop and pick girls up. I mean, it was crazy. And um, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I even saw one of my old dope dealers who became, I I guess he was a runner, but um, he had on like a fur coat. And um, yeah, the last time I had seen him, I was so jacked up. I was trying to kick heroin and instead I was smoking crack for like nine days, totally lost my mind. Um, And my uh, court liaison, who's awesome, just really nice guy, he, um, I was just whacked out of my head. And um, I called him and I told him like, I've been smoking crack for five days. I'm trying to quit heroin. I feel like I'm gonna lose my mind. And he, he told me to, get rid of all my drug paraphernalia and uh, that he would call 911 911 911 and call the pet team 
which was the psychiatric evaluation team, to pick me up and take me to the hospital. And so he's like, put everything away and then call me back. So I hung up and then I went up uh, to my dope dealer. He was a crack dealer. I went up to his floor and um, I had been buying crack all for the last week or nine days. And I went up there and I was like, um, I need, I need one last dime. And then after that, 911, I mean, the, the pet team is gonna come and pick me up. And I remember he was like, oh my God. Like, he goes, <gasps> I mean, he was a nice guy, but he was like, he goes, oh gosh, like, I'm gonna pray for you. I remember he said, I'm gonna pray for you. Like, but he still sold it to me. But um, so anyways, when we're on the track that night and I was leading the prostitute outreach, all of a sudden I see him and his name was Soul. But he was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like, what's up, girl? He was like, damn, you look good. I can't believe it. He's like, oh my gosh. And I was able to share some of my testimony with him because he was just like amazed because I wasn't all sucked up and psychotic. But um, yeah, that was one of the nights when there was so many of them out there. It was crazy. And I used to like, it, it was a rush to go out there. It was just, oh, I loved it. And, um, but anyways, so a year goes by, we're barely making any kind of impact. I felt like, you know, geez, man, this is like, you know, it's exciting to go out there every week and watch the girls chased and sometimes thrown around or, you know, just, I, I mean, that wasn't great to watch, but you know, just the excitement. And, but I was like, come on, I want to do something, make some kind of impact. So, so I was praying and praying and praying and, um, probably fasting too, because I did fast back then, but just like, God, what do we do? And I remember having a dream and I don't even remember what the dream was, but I woke up and I knew that the Lord said, talk to the pimps instead of the girls. Like, you need to develop a relationship with the pimps instead. So I was like, okay. And, um, oh, and then I can't remember if it was, bef it had to have been before that. I had had a, a, either a dream or the Lord spoke to me. I can't remember, but I just knew, well, the Lord spoke to me. I don't know if it was in a dream or if he just spoke to me, but he said to anoint, um, everything with oil, anointing oil, like the, 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 um, telephone poles, the restaurants, the stores, the trees, just like all on the track from between sunset in Vermont to sunset in Western, just like anoint everything with oil and claim that, claim that, that block for Jesus. And, um, so me and Christy and this other 
we, uh, Sky Tony, we, we went and we anointed everything, prayed over everything, and then that's when things began to shift. Like after that, yeah. Um, but I started going up to every single pimp and just walking up and going, "Hi, my name's Lori. What's your name?" and sticking out my hand. And the first one of the first ones, Sir Harold, he like looked at me like I was crazy, and he's like. I, he goes, I don't shake any hand, anyone's hand. And I go, oh, what are you too good for me? <laughs> I was like, but he was awesome because his teeth, like I don't like gold teeth, like somebody with a gold grill, I think it's just ugly. I don't care how much money it's worth. It just is ugly. It just looks weird to me. But he had like diamonds in the center of every tooth and it actually looked kind of like classy it was really cool and so I saw his mouth and I went oh my gosh I go open your mouth can you smile for me and he's looking at me like I'm just this crazy person I go oh my gosh you got the Midas touch I'm like look at your look at your teeth (laughs) it's tripping out because it had like a little gold around the the diamond and he kind of like kind of laughed at me because he's just like oh my gosh this woman is so weird and he goes what the hell are you doing out here and I'm like I'm telling Jesus telling people about Jesus and he's like what and then I just started sharing my testimony how I used to be a heroin addict and da 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 prostitute and um we talked for 45 minutes and he used to be a junkie too he was an old pimp. He was like, back then, he was already pushing 70. And I wonder if he's still alive. I wish I knew. Anyways, he, um, yeah, and then, uh, like, it, the sun came up, and I'm like, oh, I got to get going. And, and I'm like, will you shake my hand now? And he's like, yeah. So we shook hands, and then ever since then, we, like, became friends, like, and um, and then I met the other pimps because I would just go up to every single pimp I saw and I would just stick out my hand and go, hi, I'm Lori, what's your name? Because they operate on fear and intimidation. When they see that you're not afraid of them, they're cool. I mean, they're, well, they kind of trip out, but but, you know, it, it breaks that. I don't know how to explain it, but, um, yeah, so, so we, um, uh, I just went up and introduced myself to all the pimps, and it became something where they all knew me, and, um, I tried to introduce them, like, Christy was with me, too, Christy would, um, uh, Christy was awesome, um, yeah, she was kind of shy, but she she would talk too, and um, yeah. So uh, I mean, it came to a, a point where, and this is before I was with my third husband, and then um, and then when we got married, we had been like I we took a break, you know. I took a break, and we, I think it was around Christmas. No, not Christmas. When do we? I don't even remember. 
we got married. <laughs> uh, or it got cold. I remember going out when it was kind of cold. But um, we didn't go out for a while. And then when we did go out, there was about nine or ten pimps at the donut shop. And I walked up with Christy. Or I don't even know. Christy was in the car. And I was like, hey, what's up? How are you guys doing? And and my friend Jag and um, Mr. Bill, they were like, um, hey, what's up, girl? You know, and, and then um, they asked, where have you been? And I said, oh, I got married. And, um, and they're like, what? You know, and I said, yeah. I go, and we didn't even kiss until our wedding day. And... They're like, why? And I go, because, you know, I used to be a hoe, but I wanted to stay pure for God and pure for my husband. So, you know, you know, because, like, you start making out and you get horny, and then, you know, I didn't say that, but, you know, it's it's easier to, like, not start than to start and try to stop, you know? So you have to have boundaries. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, but... This one pimp, Hollywood, an older pimp, he probably was a gorilla pimp, but I hadn't seen him before, but he got right into my face, literally about like a couple inches away, and he was like, once a hoe, always a hoe. And it was funny, because I mean, it didn't even phase me, because to me, that's like another person, like, you know, he was talking about a dead person. <laughs> But I didn't even have a chance to respond because Jag and this other guy, Jay, and and Mr. Bill, they all jumped on him. Like, I mean, not physically, but just went, hey, man, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, don't talk to her that way, man. She's cool, you know? And she she comes out of here, she's a Christian, and talks about Jesus, whatever. And it was so cool. They totally defended me, and then that the pimp, he was like, oh, man, sorry, I didn't mean to disrespect you, and he stuck out his hand and shook my hand. I was like, no worries, I was, I, you know, it I didn't even phase me, but um, I was like, yeah, that's cool, um, that's a dead person, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so that is, I mean, it, it was... It, <laughs> It became so... I mean, I'm still friends with Jack. I mean, we haven't talked lately. Well, actually, probably in about a couple years. But he just... He texts me to wish me a happy birthday just this year. And, well, because we kind of got into it with politics. And, uh, yeah. And I hate letting politics come between... He was really mad at me. Just just because I supported Trump. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care who you support. Why do you care who I support? You know, I mean, whatever. I just, I don't care. I have a ton of Democrat friends. Like, I don't care, you know? It's whatever. Support whoever you want. But, yeah, so, um, so we went back and forth a couple times. And I don't like to argue, like, but... I will spit out the facts and a lot of times when people spit out the facts and they 
can't refute it, then they get pissed and then they don't want to say anything. So then they just like yell at you and call you names, you know? So I'm like, whatever, you know, you're still my friend. I love you regardless. I don't care who you, what party you support, you know? So yeah. Um, but cause we used to talk on the phone for hours, even when I was married, like it was crazy. We were really good friends. And um, he even came to church with us quite a, a number of times. And he liked my husband, too. And I think, you know, when we got a divorce and I told Jag, I think he was really disappointed in us because he really, I think he admired us as a couple. A lot of people did. And I just felt so awful. Like, I even told him, like, I... I apologized and asked for forgiveness, like, when I first came back and got clean again, because I was like, I should have been, I was an example, you know, an example of what a Christian should be, and then I totally, you know, failed, and, um, just, yeah, it was just bad, but, um, (sighs) yeah, oh, so much shame, you know, because, you know, when people are looking up to you and then you do something just like, and you're a Christian representing Jesus and you fall hard like that, you know, you really disappoint a lot of people. And I just, I, I felt like, man, I failed, you know, it was, that's another reason it was so hard for me to get back up. But, but anyways, um, yeah, we, I mean, it was, man, I just really screwed up. I mean, they told us when the player's ball was, we didn't go in the player's ball, which is like, where all the pimps and all the hookers. I mean, we had pictures. I still have some pictures. Um, I mean, when one of their guys died we went to the funeral. I mean, we had a relationship with them, you know, and yeah, but, um, and then I met Melissa. Well, my friend, Wendy, she was a prostitute and she's just wonderful. I love her. She's the nicest uh, person, but she, I don't even remember how we met. Oh, I think we both spoke somewhere or something. We became friends. Or was that? I don't remember. But, you know, she... Um, I, I think she wrote a book. Yeah, I, she wrote a book. I don't even know what the title is. I don't remember. I, I don't know. But anyways, so um, she she's not a Christian yet. No, she, uh, she, her story is amazing, and, um, yeah, I won't go into great detail, because, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal using people's names, because, well, I'm not making money off this, that's for sure, and plus, I'm not using first and last names, I guess, I don't know, but anyway, she was, um, when she was 15, she she got uh, her boyfriend decided to start pimping her out, and um, and uh, there's just a lot of other stuff. But um, so 
when she, after she did prison time for sex trafficking, and, um, like, she didn't even know, you know, uh, trafficking is taking, um, somebody across the state lines, and the girl was underaged, and, um, but, you know, they've been doing that for years, because, they don't think about it like oh she's a minor because she started doing it when she was 15 and um you know and so after she did her prison time then she um changed her life around completely and um her pimp was still in prison and uh ooh he was a tools anyways um yeah gorilla um so, she met Melissa online, I think, I think it was MySpace back then, but anyway, so, they became really good friends, and then one day, Wendy called me, and she said, um, I have a friend, she's in the game, and, um, she wants to get out, but I don't know how to help her do you think you would talk to her? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we started talking and, oh my gosh, I love her. She, we got, we're so much alike. We got along so well. And, um, she was funny and we just, we just got along really well. And, um, so we became really good friends, just like long distance, but talking on the phone all the time. And she told me about, you know, her life and the pimp and just, uh, we were friends for like a year and then, um, God, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> her pimp, was definitely a gorilla pimp, but he bought her from her dad when she was 10. And her dad was a warlock. Uh, in the satanic brotherhood. But he was also a heroin addict. So he sold her for $500. And I'm going to do, gosh, I don't know if I need to censor some stuff or I need to really be wise about how much I share. Um... I think I'm going to stop right here and get my food out of the oven. <laughs> and then I'll continue after praying a little bit before I continue. Because now I'm... The satanic stuff is... Some of it's probably going to seem so far out that people have a hard time believing it. And I don't care, you know, because this stuff happened and it's, it happens every day and everywhere. People are blind, but, um, 
I mean, this stuff happens, but at the same time, there is spiritual warfare and there are ears and eyes and I just want to be careful before I start blabbing too much and um yeah I'm gonna really pray first um so I'm gonna go get my food and then after I eat maybe I'll continue here not here but next one okay god bless